Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. Dave, it's funny because there was a time, and I'll, I'll explain this, there was a time where I didn't understand what I was doing. But you just, you just tap it forward, right? You just keep doing it. You keep doing it. You adjust as you go. This year, I, I get it. You get it? Yeah. Good. I get it. I think, I think that's a good way to start. I'm just, I'm just behind on... <laughs> You had emailed, and I just I saw Greg's response. And I was like, I'll get to it later. No, no, no. You <laughs> said thing, you said gonna... Greg's got it. Don't worry. I, I, I... <laughs> Greg's good at getting on at six in the morning. Yep, yeah, that's my time. time. By the way, speaking of six in the morning, I just finally started uh, to read the uh, Five AM Club uh, that that you and Kevin Robin Sharma. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Um, <laughs> I'm not. I'm only a third of the way through. Yeah. Um. So we're recording right now. We're recording. <laughs> Um, I love these intros. But I feel there's nuggets of real goodness that could probably take five pages for for Robin to have written, and it would have been one of those amazing little no, little pocket booklets not, like the no Dale book. Carnegie uh, book. Exactly. But I, I, I've been talking to my wife about this. In the presentation of creating a fictional, a fictional narrative with characters and whatnot, I'm, I don't need to learn that way, but I wonder if – people write books that way with nuggets of philosophy because it consumes people. But the problem is if you're not a fiction writer, <laughs> it's, it's difficult for me. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to it and you know what? Good on Robin Sharma for writing it because the elements are fantastic. The philosophy is great. Um, and the other thing about we're audio people, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when you do an audio book, you got to have the right voice. 100%. Right? And it's, um, I think with a narrative, if you could get multiple voices for multiple characters, kind of like the old radio plays, maybe it could have worked it. Cause I'm actually listening to this book and not yeah. reading it. Um, Here's where I was with that. I picked it up too, because we're talking about resilience today. And one of the things we're going to talk about is this has been like mentally. <laughs> Matt's giving us con- the podcast context. <laughs> that was the given to me is. by Greg. <laughs> so it's a mixture of, I thought the writing was terrible. But within that, there's really nice pieces of wisdom. But there's a, there's a fine line, I think, in 2020 with that wisdom because half of that is beautiful. Half of it is what put me in the hospital this year. Mm. Wow. Okay. And we'll talk about this is the first time in my life. Is this, this, is, this, is, this a, is this a teaser or what? Oh, I my mean, gosh. Like, you like, throw this out <laughs> ahead of time. <laughs> People don't listen. Bad okay. on them. Matt, thank you. Like, in all honesty, usually we don't record our preamble, but we did on this. And uh, thank you, Robin Charmer, for writing the book. Um, uh, we'll we'll talk about that some other time. But what an amazing transition into our our discussion today about resilience. And and Dave, uh, you and I have been talking to our friends at ONB uh, over the last few months about um, how entrepreneurs can stay resilient and businesses stay resilient through this and uh, and the economy. And the economy and community and, uh, and um, you know, COVID hits us on so many different levels. Like I think we're all feeling a little bit of COVID fatigue, uh, COVID depression. There's a COVID hangover. There's COVID anxiety uh, for the second wave. There's a lot. You talk about mental health. There's so many different yeah. elements to this. So Matt, let's just rewind and introduce you. Um, 
you and I go way back and, and Dave totally. as well. Um, but you're, you're a new you since I've seen you in the flesh before. Uh, before I guess I haven't seen you since uh, 2019. So let's just put it that way. Has it been that long? Yes. Oh, it has. And, and even we're, before wait, wait, we, we were, we're like September 2020. So that's a few, that's a few months. Yep. It's been a long time. It's been a long time. And one of the things I know we're going to talk about the company and we're going to talk about resilience and we're going to talk about entrepreneurship and all those things, but it wasn't until recently because I was forced to, I didn't let myself be honest about how much this sucks. This sucks. And I didn't say it out loud, but it does. I mean, it's first and foremost a health crisis, but but economically, the class divide this has exposed, mm. how fragile our systems are. The average restaurant in America has 16 days of cash. 16 wow. days. And I didn't let myself realize how much this sucks until I, until I admitted it to myself because at the time that COVID hit, and it's a really interesting story, it's been, it's been probably the hardest year of my life, I kind of felt like a COVID one percenter. I had a job that I loved in government, government-esque, as did my partner who was in management. So our salaries didn't stop. We were just now at home where actually routine was much more healthy. So think about all the people hurting compared to us. We felt this COVID guilt because mm. we felt like the one percenters. There are so many people hurting right now and we're not feeling any of that partially because of where we live, but partially also just because of circumstance. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's been a weird time. And we, we talk about that a lot too, about the, um, like when people say, Hey, how are you doing? I want to give an honest answer. And I am doing quite well. And the business has done quite well during this time. Likewise. But I quickly uh, continue that statement by saying we are preparing for the second wave. We're preparing for the unknown. We're like squirrels. We're putting, building a storehouse because we don't know if we're going to have a successful 12 next months. The last 12 months has been absolutely fine for us because of circumstance. I work in a, a marketing and you know, messaging communications field. Mm-hmm. And when times are tough, companies are spending money. The, the, the resilient companies are spending money to continue connecting with their, their stakeholders. Totally. So we've been producing a ton of films and animations and commercials. And like, that hasn't we're, slowed down. By the year's end, we're going to be producing eight podcasts. Incredible. Yeah. There I you mean, go. It's, it's exploded. So in certain sectors and circumstances, um, this disruption has been really positive. But mm-hmm. I, the guilt part comes on the next part of the sentence that I always tell people is that um, you know, I feel kind of, I, I don't want to be too loud about how well things have gone. It's not the no, time. It's yeah. not the time. And oh, the, it's not the time. There's so much to talk about that too, about my unintentional d- massive decrease of social media uh, posting, mostly since Black Lives Matter came, came out, but um, I never made the intention. I just really st- totally slowed down on posting places. And I just felt there's so many other yeah. voices that need to be heard and mine's just blah, blah, blah. I've been doing that for prolific. so long. <laughs> you were prolific on social media. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I just don't have the energy or the spiritual drive right now. And I think yeah. it's the universe saying, ah, ah, there's, there's a whole bunch of other voices that need to be heard right now. So thankfully, we got the boiling point. Uh, Actually, you know what? Like the, but in all seriousness, you know, uh, through this, it's been, I feel like anyone that has a podcast should feel fortunate. Because we've been able to continue to have conversations, mm-hmm. and you know, Greg and I are we're socially distanced, I guess, right now, or physically distanced, or whatever we want to describe. But we haven't physically been uh, together in a long time. But it, I honestly didn't. It just occurred to me when Greg mentioned, "Hey, it's been how long since we've seen each other?" I was like, "Geez, that's that's a good point." Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's a kind of a it's it's I it's the I I feel 
one of the big challenges for folks may be the lack of um, feeling the lack of productivity or routine or all those things that keep us um, healthy, mentally healthy, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so the, uh, the podcast has been one of those things for me that mm-hmm. has been really kind of nice that we haven't, that we haven't slowed down on. I mean, like an anchor. Yeah. Yeah. Like actually like it's a foundation or anchor yeah. or however we want to describe that. Yeah. Um, there's a, there's a part of this conversation I find really interesting, which is uh, as I'm just sitting listening and I'm wondering how listeners are, you know, what they're thinking about it, but is like um, how to make sense of this. Mm. And, and, you know, and then, and the idea of saying, um, yeah, this, this, I feel flat. Or I, don't, or I feel down, or I'm exactly. kind of confused, or I'm scared, I'm scared, or you know whatever that may be, and um, trying to have a real conversation, but also say like I'm all right. It's just, it's just a, a different set of feelings yeah. that we either suppress or haven't felt before in a long yeah. time, and yeah. it feels so. Um, it feels like a contradiction in a way from what you feel like the entrepreneur should say. Mm. oh it's fine everything's great you know it's like oh well, my gosh when i hear that now like, even before the pandemic when i when i heard that bs especially see on instagram and everywhere else where uh you know these uh you know people with some sort of successful business program to sell like look at me look at all how successful i am it's all bullshit and it yes. just makes me cringe and especially now when i see it it's but so it, yeah it's, even if it's not bullshit why like why you know like what's wrong with saying, Hey, life is good. You know, like, I mean, there's opportunities and, not. And, yeah. and, and guess what? There's, there's up times and there's down times. And that's called the, you know, this world being we live human. in and being human. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. um, let's go back to your story here. So you're, um, you got a job, you, you, a government well, job. And, and you actually, um, uh, in your previous role, uh, had hired me to come in and, 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 uh, talk to, uh, your clients, yep. uh, for, do a workshop which actually was really, I really enjoyed, you know, cause I, and I was, Loved and when it. I say, when I say that actually, because I was like, geez, are these people ready for coaching skills workshop? And it was, um, yeah, it was, it was really cool. Mm. Um, and then I got an email from you, you know, I was copying on a bunch of people like, Hey guys, I'm, I'm heading off. And so what, that would have been like February, maybe something know. like that. Probably earlier. I mean, I, I left work to become an entrepreneur full time on May 17th. Oh, that- and, the, and the reason that I said, I, I wasn't going to say the actual number, but by the end of the year, we're going to be producing eight podcasts and a couple of newsletters in between. Is that to me is, is one, I'm humbled by the fact that that's explosive growth. But like I said, I ended up in the hospital this year. This was, this was, this was the hardest year of my life. So I think maybe a, a good place to start, if you, if you think this is a good place to start, you guys, you guys are the hosts and I know I'm going to flip the script that's on a you. a good place you've to start. Already, you've end. already done that a couple of times. I asked, <laughs> I asked Alston on episode 55, David Alston, um, one of the region's great CMOs. Of your podcast, Unsettled. Unsettled with Matt George, okay. exactly, yeah. And uh, I asked him, had he ever had an epiphany? And he laughed because he, he wasn't prepared for me to ask him that. But the reason I asked him was because I'm really interested in, in these aha moments that entrepreneurs or just people have. And I think I've only had two in my entire life. And one was when I was in a small country in East Africa in 2012, and that's for another day. But the other one was this year, and it, it was finding out what I actually do. Because in, in many ways, and, and stop me if I get crazy here, but I didn't know. And it, it was partially because I didn't feel like I fit anywhere. And this starts from when I'm a kid. I mean, I don't feel like I fit anywhere. And that largely is still true to this day. And I think entrepreneurs maybe specifically have a bit of that bent in them. 
there's just something that doesn't work. I'm always bumping up against job descriptions. You know what I mean? <laughs> there's a bunch of these, these things that don't work in my favor in regards to a, a, normal, a normal structure to the day. And so I decide I have to go and, um, and see the world and try to start a company. At 18, I, I follow this girl to Greece and Turkey. I'm sick with love. We've all been like that, right? I follow her. 2012, I go to East Africa to take a job. I've been in between Ecuador and Peru working internships and studied in Australia. I'm just trying to find what's the environment that I fit in because I don't feel like I fit anywhere. And what I realized was when I, when I started Unsettled and the Unsettled Media Podcast Network, the perfect, the perfect name because that's what I had always felt. Just a little bit unsettled. I always had itchy feet. And I just couldn't figure out uh, where I fit. And I thought to myself, what should exist that maybe right now doesn't in the form that I would like that would have helped 18-year-old me? And I thought to myself, okay, what I actually do is I produce podcasts and I produce newsletters and do all that. That's great. But what I actually want to help people do is, is navigate 21st century change using the timeless principles of the world's best. Because that's what I needed. That's what I wanted. And that's what I went all around the world to find. Fast forward to January 25th of this year. I'm working a job. I'm, I'm trying to start a business. I'm doing all these things. I'm probably participating in that hustle culture that we talked about at the top of the show, probably a little bit too much. It was kind of glorifying it in a way that it probably shouldn't be glorified. And I'm training at the YMCA and I get chest pains. And so I'm thinking, okay, this is, I mean, I, I felt this before. That's kind of my physical manifestation of stress. I get kind of congested. So I go to the ER and there's a, there's a doctor about my age, bless her heart, but she gives me a run over. I get an echo and everything. And she says, we can't, we can't see anything. I mean, you probably pulled a muscle or something. In my head, I'm like, you know how you kind of know in your body? You're like, eh, I don't know. By the next day, I'm in so much pain that I'm vomiting and I'm back in the ER and I didn't leave for six days. And a doctor came in and she gave me another echocardiogram and said, I know exactly what this is. You see that shadow around your heart? That's not supposed to be there. And I said, my next question was, well, what is it? <laughs> and she said, well, it's fluid. Fluid, yeah, fluid yeah. has gotten into the pericardium. So in yeah. between the sac of the heart and the heart muscle. Yeah, yeah. So my third question is, is that bad? <laughs> yeah. And she's like, well, there's a standard treatment for it. Little bit of rest, little bit of patience. You should be good. Fast forward even further, we get a freaking global pandemic. So now I'm on anti-inflammatories, like a serious amount. First time in my life, I'm bedridden. I actually did two stints in the hospital, five days each, mm. because I couldn't get this on lock. And a global pandemic hits. Fast forward even more, and I get a notification from my employer at the time, no fault to them, we all have corporate cultures, and they give me the ultimatum of it's work or it's your business. And then the two can't match. And your business, by the way, was a five to nine weekend business. It's not, it's not like you were right. not doing your job. Right. right. And it was analogous to, I thought I was adding to rather than subtracting from one or the other. But I get the notification from, from my boss, who's actually a friend of mine. And uh, the decision from the company was, you, you got to do one or the other. So I come out of the hospital, a 10-day stint in the hospital in January. Global pandemic hits in March. 
May 17th, I'm an entrepreneur. And, when you, I when you, and when you say that, that means you're, you're not tethered by a job. Full-time. That's what you mean by I am now an entrepreneur. Full-time. And the diagnosis on what I'm currently dealing with, and I'm still dealing with it, and I hope I don't have to deal with it or it doesn't get any worse because it can lead to things that are, that are pretty ugly, but hopefully it doesn't, is the diagnosis is patience and a lot of sitting and a lot of calmness. May 17th, I'm into the business full time. <laughs> and I already have a contract with the New Brunswick Business Council to produce a podcast called Turning Point. And the first episode is the premiere. That's not a good equation. <laughs> that's right. That's, that, those things don't add up. And so and this of course year, you don't listen. That's the thing is I've already screwed it up twice <laughs> because of a lack of patience. And so the amount that I've learned about myself, and you, you, you said this is, you're, you're doing a series with O&B and you're talking about resilience and entrepreneurship and all that. This has been the hardest year of my life mentally and physically because I've never hit a wall like that. But the reason I hit that wall is because I felt so unsettled. And I thought to myself, okay, what we need to do, we need to set up a roster of podcasts and we need to do a lot of writing, helping the person who's in this situation that I was prior to being diagnosed with pericarditis because that's not a good wall to hit. You got to have the tools to know that beforehand. Mm. So now we're producing shows in uh, COVID era, HR, neurodiversity, economic development, you name it. And I'm having a ball, but managing that growth and, and getting so much inbound opportunity now has been, honestly, I would do this with you guys even privately, just seek your advice and counsel on this stuff, but it's been an absolute ride. Wow. Well, that is a ride. I mean, okay. The whole it's, year. Re it's really neat because the resilience piece shows up a number of times in your story. Mm -hmm. um, but really right now is after all of that, that's your initiation <laughs> to the entrepreneur journey. Yep. <laughs> uh, now it really is your resilience moving forward. And uh, how are you going to protect yourself mm -hmm. from yourself? Um, because you're speaking to a whole bunch of entrepreneurs listening right now yep. uh, who are stubborn, just like you, just like yep. Dave, just like Greg. And uh, how are you going to listen to your body and to your mind and still be productive and resilient and grow a business? What's your, what is your resiliency plan, your sustainability plan? You, you know what I've actually really loved? And I probably have some shout outs to make on this show eventually because I've kind of been, I've been getting a lot more coaching than I ever have in my life um, before now because I realized that this mentality, which is, which is classic around young men in North America, is I can do it all. Um, it doesn't have to be a team, especially as an entrepreneur in the beginning, but it does have to be a team. So there are eventually some shout outs I need to make because I have learned a lot about my mind and my body and all that. But one of the things that I've realized is it's been really interesting. An example of what I've been going through in regards to resilience is the, the evolution of Gary Vaynerchuk has been interesting to me because I couldn't stand Gary V six years ago. If I had another guy look like me, interrupt my YouTube video telling me how I'm going to 10X my life, I was going to leap off a bridge. And it still happens all over YouTube. That's what we said at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. How do you tell you to 100X your life and you got to double and triple down and they're, and they're yeah. Yeah. I, I, their I, own I'm hat. rolling my eyes right now as you're talking, but yeah. But it, it drives me insane. And I fell for it hook, line, and sinker, I think, as a young person. And, and I've really grown up since. But his evolution has now become this movement towards wellness 
and what's important in entrepreneurship. And his, his success hasn't stopped. His success has been equal or more. But you got to build in that time for what's the most important. And the pandemic to me, it, it took away my health for one, not, not COVID specifically, but that time period. And so I realized that without, without a high-functioning mind and a high-functioning body, I don't care what I'm doing. It doesn't matter to me. This is, I'm not going to trade the Unsettled Media Podcast Network for an unhappy mind and an unhappy life. So I've learned how to structure my day in a way that almost, it's almost like resilience is a guarantee if you do it in that way. And that's why I have a very specific tagline that's now my lighthouse for everything that we do and everyone who comes to me. Navigating 21st century change using timeless principles of the world's best because if you build in timeless principles and we can talk about what I think I've learned some of those are throughout the course of this insane year, success is virtually guaranteed in the sense that it's just discipline from there. But I had total impatience. I mean, I know you, Greg, you were probably even getting sick of it. I had all these great ideas. <laughs> what I didn't know how to do was deliver, how to implement. Because having a good idea has never been my problem. It's been putting the people around me and having the discipline to actually follow through on it. Dave, I've talked to you about them too. Now that I've gone through this, and I am much more settled, and I hope the podcast, whoever's listening who listens to the podcast, it's helped you feel more settled. I know exactly what I do, and it's on my whiteboard every morning, and I can benchmark opportunity against that. That feels, that feels like it's, it's doubled or tripled my resilience, but I learned the hard way. I learned ending up in, in a hospital bed, mm. and it was scary as shit. Mm. It's, it is interesting, for sure, <clears throat> using the words, what do you do? Um, a lot of uh, entrepreneurs, <clears throat> it'd be interesting to hear your, your take on this, Dave. A lot of us grow a business, but we start as a practitioner or an artist or what, whatever the thing is. You might be an engineer or an architect, and eventually you grow your, your firm, and then you're hiring architects. Mm -hmm. or, uh, in my case, I was a video guy. <laughs> you know, I don't really do that. I haven't in a long time. Um, and if I do, it's, uh, my, my skill level is probably the same as it was about eight years ago <laughs> because I don't do that anymore. Mm -hmm. I do it for fun, uh, but I grow a business, question mark. Um, but when I think about that, is it really me growing a business or is it my, this incredible team that have, this, this thing, this organism that I'm a part of, right? So um, as you start to grow and get further, further away from that initial creative passion that you start your business from, uh, I've certainly had those discussions about, and I don't want to use the word purpose, uh, although it is connected, but it is like, what the heck do you do? I'm like, if, if I stop doing what I do for a month, let's say, or two months, the business would just keep doing well. And mm. hey, that's a very awesome thing to say. <laughs> you know, a lot of people are, are uh, you know, sure, I've got a little bit of, uh, you know, I do a little bit of the, the brand uh, of the company in the face, but, you know, that's not a purpose necessarily. Yeah. And I wonder if, if a lot of entrepreneurs at different stages get to that point where, mm. you know, you're talking about searching that before you start your business. Like, what do I do? You know, um, and I, I'm still searching for that. You know, I used to know what I did. It was very clear. I, I, make, I make videos. Um, and then it was like, no, no, I'm, I'm not a filmmaker. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm building a company. Well, now that the company's kind of building itself. Yeah, it's on autopilot. It's kind of, and I was with uh, my friend Julie in New York uh, just before COVID hit. It was in February. Um, last week of February, actually. And there, there was no COVID in New York at that time that we knew about. Anyway, and we were just, you know, out on the town having some drinks. And we're talking about this topic. 
And then um, she said something really interesting. She was like, and I wasn't looking for an answer, nor was I, you know, nor was I expecting her to give me an answer, but she just came out straight up and said, Greg, your purpose right now is to be a dad to those three girls. And I was like, well, always thinking to myself, like, well, obviously I'm, I'm a dad. That's totally like check. <laughs> but then when you think about it, especially at the stage that I'm at in the business, it's like, yeah, that's, that's actually a really good thing about what I do. I help grow this business so I can continue to be, and, I, and to be honest with you, COVID has opened up so much time mm. to yeah. be with those kids. And uh, so it's just kind of neat to see how this changes. Like, like yeah. what you have on your wall is very accurate for right now, but it'll be interesting to see when that changes. It's yeah. probably not going to be a for life uh, what you do definition. Yeah. And, and that yeah. framing is, is interesting because even, even Adam Grant during the pandemic, who's a good friend of Seth Godin's, who's been on your show, which is insane. Kudos to you. Um, he said, we're not, we're not working from home in a pandemic. We're in a pandemic trying to do as much work as we can. But don't for one second think you have to, you have to bust it all day long and, and let go of your physical and mental health like I did. That's not the point right now. The point is that the world's all dealing with this one thing. You'll get as much done as you possibly can, but that's the thing. So that's an interesting mm. reframing too. And I liked that. It made me. I, one thing I, I inject in the conversation <clears throat> is, um, so in a, a big learning for me, I went to railroads, learned this thing called coaching because I, and I'm going to use this language purposely. I wanted to do coaching. And what I learned was how to be a coach. And I think it's about who do we want to be versus what we want to do. Cause we'll do a lot of different things in who we want to be. Mm. So I purpose is a really good question. And so, I mean, I, vision coaching, we were struggling with what, what is the purpose? And, and the purpose actually became really clear, which is we unleash courage. That's it. Awesome. That's it. It's yeah. something that's now it, has, it happens to be, does through, that feel real? Like for oh, you, dude. Yeah, like every day that that's, that's yeah. Well, and which it, is why I asked if you've had an epiphany, because when I, when that sentence came that into my like head, an epiphany. It does. Because yeah. when, when my sentence came into my head, I was like, holy shit, for the first time in 28 years, at least for now, as Greg says, I have a really firm grip on the impact that I can offer, whether it's a company or, or just an individual podcaster or but even I, I think I think, it, I think whatever that is, it, if, if it can stand the test of time, like you talk about timeless, then to me, that's, that's real and it's part of who you are and your heart, part of your being, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so it didn't actually, to be honest, it didn't come as an epiphany. It just became an obvious, like, it's almost like, well, this is what, this is, we're trying to accomplish the following. And that means, it means unleashing courage in yourself too, right? Mm -hmm. It means doing uncomfortable things, you know, like, you know, we got invited to do the, um, uh, last year, the OBAs, saying business awards. You know, and this, this is something we used to probably sit in the back, you know, watching people and hoping then once we actually got invited up to participate and, you know, uh, accept an award, I wouldn't even call it winning because it's kind of so subjective, but, but, you know, on behalf of the community. And then would you, would you guys host it? And about, about courage, like, so Greg said, yeah, let's do it. And I, everything in my voice, head said, no effing way. That'd do be I, me too. I'm like, I don't want to do it. I don't even know. What are you talking about? And then, and then like, I'm just giving you one of many examples, but it was like, no, just resist. Like, um, you know, 
you, you like to me that was uh, that was for me out of my comfort zone. But did your purpose statements remind you that hundred percent? So you, you're like, if I'm unleashing courage for others, why am I yeah. being fearful right well, now? No, you first have to learn it for yourself. Self, yeah. And courage means different things to different people. Anyway, I'm not trying to, to hijack the no, conversation. No, that's but the idea is about being. So, but I and 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 the the, the you know so by making these statements, like we all are. Um, and I think, and the thing I love about the business, the work I'm doing in the business I'm in is that I like, is that it has pushed me in new ways because how can I have any credibility with anyone if I'm not willing to try it myself? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so, and I'll hear, you'll be in a conversation with someone and you'll think, you know, yeah, you should absolutely, you know, that makes a lot of sense. Like, tell me about how that's going to, you know, and, uh, you know, and the reservations and they push through it and to me, I find that so inspiring. And then, mm-hmm. then the question becomes, well, so what are you doing, Dave? You know? Yeah. So yeah. I, going back to it, though, it's like whatever that is. I mean, everyone has a different thing. But, but the doing piece for me is um, we'll do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But we'll always be a dad. Yep. I don't do dadding. Do dadding. Do daddy do. Right. Do, <laughs> right. Right. But you will always be a father. Yeah. So, you know, so, so for, and, you know, and obviously I took this from someone else. It was, you know, it's not original thinking. But it just really resonated with me. Um, so, you know, so you, you're coming into a being, you know, who you want to be, Matt. And that's cool. And, and, uh, the, but I, you know, the, 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 uh, I guess the challenge I put out to you yep. is you're saying it, you know, extremely confident you know, things are happening and just, um, you know, like Greg, I think you're asking is like, does, you know, do these have, are these gonna, are these going to be your anchors or, you know, does it feel like a strong foundation? Do you, you know, because it's, it sounds yeah. like you're, you're feeling really like you've, you've figured something out. Well, there's one, there's, yeah, there's, there's one thing during this time that's really, that's really crystallized it for me because I was always, I was always someone who thought a lot about change, but also, like I say in the newsletter, we write about culture, business, and technology and the intersections of all three because I'm interested in, in there's so many paradoxes and ironies about this time specifically right now. If you look at like material wealth, never been better. Um, have you ever read the book Factfulness by Hans Rosling? Unbelievable book. The blurb is Bill Gates, so it has to be good. And Hans is a, was, the late Hans Rosling, was a Swedish, Swedish physician. And he wrote this book called Factfulness about the material wealth of the world. And if you look at level one through level four countries, level four countries being like Somalia or the DRC and level one being Canada, there are far more one and twos than there are fours. Like the world has, has significantly improved, but here's the kicker. There's this thing called the factfulness test. And this is at the very opening of the book and it's 15 questions. And you start to get the point if you're paying attention about what the quiz is, but you answer questions about the world and there's one positive answer. There's one neutral answer. and There's one negative answer. So I thought to myself, okay, I'm going to do a test with people that I know in North America, because I feel like there is some kind of social dis-ease going on that I don't see in other parts of the world because I've, I've been very fortunate to be around the world. And not a single person has gotten more than seven out of 15. Interesting. And it's all negative. You, you instinctively guess that the world has gotten worse. The irony is that the world has gotten far better. So why are we so unsettled? Why are we, so, why are we materially so successful but so socially fucked up? It's this really weird disease that's going on in North America. And I thought, okay, what are the principles that I've learned from people like you 
who have built things that have stood the test of time that I can package in a way that, that has to do with storytelling and podcasting and newsletter writing because what I'm good at. And at a certain point, I'm 28. So I think at a certain point right around now, you probably have to double down on the gifts you've been given. You can't wish wash too much. I spent a good five or six years doing that and you don't get a whole lot of traction and you guys have both coached me on that. But that's what I, that's what I want to deliver because the actual solutions or the solutions that I've seen are truly timeless. There's, there's no mystery to this, like whether it's health or money or progress. These aren't complicated things, but I spent a lot of time looking for the golden keys, that one trick that Gary Vee was going to teach me <laughs> that would make me have a successful company. Bullshit. It's, it's timeless principles or nothing. Yeah. Um, I remember running, uh, and there's a couple of things that come to mind is I always want, I wonder what is it about um, our culture where you're supposed to have it figured out like what your purpose is uh, when you're 18 or 17, you're supposed to have things mapped out, right? Figured out. And, and then there's, and then you're 28, right? Um, I, I, I've found this thing, you know, for me, it was coaching this world, you know, called business coaching. I was 33 up to that point. I did. I tried everything. I didn't know what, you know, the one thing I did know is I quit. I just did, had no capacity to work for anyone else. So I was self-employed the whole time hustling all the, tried multi-level marketing, tried all the, the quick fixes, the try, you know, get there fast. Yeah. And then for, for me, it was uh, the seven habits of highly effective people, mm-hmm. Stephen Covey. And it was like, oh, and, you know, um, to me, they're timeless for me. I mean, everyone has, you know, so, so, th- so when I went through that, it was like, oh, okay. And so, you know, that, that was really helpful. And that was just preceded, you know, learning about this thing called coaching, right? So, but I, but, but I kind of, you know, and, and I remember feeling this, major anxiety around why the hell did I know what I wanted to do? And so I really, I feel for people that are maybe not sure, unsure at any stage because who knows, maybe this will morph into something else. Like I'm at 48. Why, why couldn't I do something yeah. else? You know what I mean? Do it, like, but we always have to have it figured out and packaged and clear and everyone has to know this is what you're about. Yeah. And, and that's what we're trying to help people with. Right. So we have someone like David Alston who stood the test of time is now in his fifties had an incredibly successful exit and is now building a CMO accelerator that, that helps the next wave of the David Alstons in this region um, get to his level. And he's already two or three times the capacity that he can offer um, via his wait list. But we asked some pretty specific questions of our guests. And I'm going to flip the script later on and ask you guys, because you have timeless principles to offer. And it's passing those along as you knock it down the funnel. So it's a podcast transitioned into a newsletter you can interface with what David has done that stood the test of time anytime, anywhere on multiple different podcasts. And the fact that it was this year that, that I was able to do that is, is a, a mixed bag because I'm still not 100%. Like physically? Physically. Yeah. So it's a mixed bag. The, the other half of, of, the, of that bag is that we're on pace to do six figures in year one, which to me is absurd because I, I could never have imagined the response being this positive. And it's a, a shout out to the culture in our region right now, but that, 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 that roadmap from January 25th, ending up in that hospital bed to where I am now on the mics with you guys to have that all packed into one year has been a blessing, but it was also, um, it also just felt like I got hit by a bus, but it really crystallized what's important. And so I've just doubled down on, on only doing the things that are important and now turning to say, well, we need to find things that, that stand the test of time and, well, that's, that's resilience thinking, you know, 
It's just focusing on those important elements, mm. which are the ones that stand at the test of time. So, so flip, 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 the, flip the mics then, man. We're, we are here. <laughs> I feel really lucky to get to do this, and I know I'm hijacking your awesome setup. We're not in, in my home studio right now. I, but. I, I just think this, this should be uh, a podcast that we release on both, uh, on, on both just as a That's what we should a do, a co-release. Okay, I'm going to flip the script. Okay. And I'm, I'm just going along with whatever you guys think. <laughs> you're like, what are these guys talking about? You're, you're going to be on the spot a little bit, but it, it's interesting. Okay. When, when, I'm always on the spot with Greg, <laughs> constantly. I'm used to it. I'm like, I've, I actually feel comfortable being on the spot. I actually, I feel uncomfortable. Unsettled. Unsettled. If, if it's too planned. Like we did some, sure. some training together and I, I phoned Greg and said, Greg, we got to go through this together. And we did a little bit of it and Greg's like, all right, we're good. We're good. And it was mm-hmm. like, been, we went in and did a day and it went fabulously. So, so I have to let go of trying to feel comfortable and, and prepared. And That's a good he, point. He's, he's, he's been a good role model for me <laughs> and, a and a good and a good mentor for me in that respect the the first thing when we really get to the meat of the show and you'll only know this if you're a recent listener of unsettled with matt george because we've adapted the model to fit this this lighthouse and when we really get to the meat of the conversation i ask what was the most unsettling time in your career or life, if you're, if you're willing to. I'm easier with life than career. To give that to us. And, and how did you navigate? What were, some of those, what were some of those strategies that you used to navigate that time? And, and David tells a great story of going from being put up against a wall in a boardroom to having a multi-year relationship with a really big client. And it was a great story. So, hmm. I'm, just so I'm so interested to know what's that moment? What's the, what's the, the January through May of 2020 that, that, that I had to go through? for you and and what was the strategy how did you navigate and either both or if one of you has a great one you can take it away there's so many in a way mm. yeah the one that comes to mind and it was pretty pivotal for me was was uh at a at a point where i was living in vancouver and um doing everything like trying to figure out you know this kind of pressure i felt to know what i wanted to do right and we talked about this earlier being and doing and, uh, you know, I had a I was personal training, I was going to school and I was working on, uh, with young offenders and I was like on contract basis and I had all these, these things going. And, and I, and my mom, my mother, who's a very wise woman said, um, you know, Dave, do you want to be a mile wide or a mile deep? And that hit me so hard, like in a, in a positive way, like in a deflated way at the time, which is, you know. And, and it just, it changed my thinking. So that, that would be one story that I could share. Another story, and I'll pass it over to Greg, but I could start, was um, sitting in a courtroom in front of a judge. Do tell. <laughs> Look at that, that, that pregnant pause. Go on, It was Dave more Neal. than a pregnant pause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it was, it was a pivotal moment. But I'll let Greg. Are you going to tell us, though? Yeah, yeah, I'll tell. <laughs> You go first. This guy, master of suspense. <laughs> yeah, Matt, I would say, you know, um, all my life, <clears throat> I've had a, uh, you know, a successful entrepreneur dad, uh, right, right from when I was a kid. Yeah, he had a, uh, a really cool uh, wood stove store, cycles, uh, like sports store, uh, and got into yeah, greenhouses, computers, uh, then building homes and whatnot. <clears throat> and, um, so that was my model of what you do when you get older. And I was an entrepreneur from a very young age as a result, mowing lawns and, and that sort of thing. And uh, 
I've always seen great success. And one of the successes that my dad had was uh, a franchise uh, mm-hmm. company. <clears throat> and uh, it ran its time for him, you know, and he was, it was time for him to, to hop out. And uh, I thought it was a good time for me to hop in. And this is right in the middle of me growing Hemings House as well. And uh, I always saw that company uh, growing very well, quote unquote, on its own. Like its employees knew what to do. It was very, you know, there was a good method, a process, and uh, mm-hmm. I remember it not taking a lot of my, my dad's time to make sure that that cool little franchise business made money. <clears throat> and um, so I bought the company and uh, tried so hard to run it uh, at the same time building Hemmings House. Yeah, you're my coach. <clears throat> and... Uh, I remember going to the, the big annual conventions uh, two or three times in Florida where all the franchisees uh, across North America would get together and it was always inspiring and whatnot. And uh, uh, the, the new president and CEO pulled me aside uh, because my numbers were, were not good at all. And I, I just had to deal with a whole bunch of challenges, you know, and uh, he pulled me aside and he said, Greg, I know you've got a, a business uh, in film that you love. It's a similar story to yours. Matt, uh, but it was probably the wisest advice ever and kindest advice. Um, and he was like, straight up, look at all of these owners of franchises. Not one of them is not 100% into this franchise. And uh, you're the only one of this whole network. And, uh, uh, and in reality, I was probably putting 8% of my time into it, mm-hmm. right? Yep. <laughs> so I had to make a decision. Am I going to put the same amount of uh, energy it back into having stuff and grow it, make sure it is my career, or am I going to try to try other things and assume that it'll always work the way it did before. And that, um, that was a very costly decision. Uh, very uh, stressful financially because I had to borrow money from, uh, you know, my wife and uh, all, all the, all the things that entrepreneurs go through that mm-hmm. cause, that cause stress. <laughs> um, that's a very dark period of my career, but I learned yeah. a lot, but the, challenge that I have right now with it is, well, okay, the learning is stick to your wheelhouse. If you're going to do another a career, if I was to do another career, it probably should be in the media area or buy another business, I should say, because I know media. It doesn't have to be another uh, film company, but it could be like, you know, what we're doing right now or something, something that relates to this industry. But me starting a home building company right now <laughs> might not be the right thing, Yeah, but I'm an entrepreneur. Right. So at a certain point, you know, you do want to start something new. But I think what the, the lesson was, I hopped onto another thing way too soon before my own company was sustainable yeah. enough to allow me to give 100% of that next thing. And uh, perhaps I'm getting to a place where I can start dreaming like that again because I like to start things. Yeah. I'm a starter. You like the process. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, like, you, like, yeah like that's like, well, and- Maybe we both share that thing. We're probably both not integrators as much as... I feel I can be an integrator. I am an integrator. I don't enjoy... I'm more the visionary in the traction book, right? right? Yeah. Uh, But but, can you... you, We can be a lot of things, but what do we... What feeds us, right? Right. So, I mean, that's... Like, I get get what you're saying. Yeah, so that that was my... uh, That that, that was my going to the hospital uh, in the COVID era. I didn't realize that was as hard on you as it was. Well, Dave, you know that smile I've always got on my face. You know I'm screaming on the inside, right? 
No, you, you Dave were. Know that. <laughs> you, you know, I know that part for sure. For sure. Dave, take us back to the courthouse. For courthouse. <laughs> courthouse. Oh, man. I don't know if I really want to tell a story. You don't, have to, you don't have to get into details, but what did you learn? What did you learn? Uh, well, here, I might as well, I might as well kind of, uh, it's like not a secret, but it's not something I talk about, uh, only because it doesn't come up very often. But um, in my early 20s, you know, out with the fellas, go to this place that serves these, you know, drinks for a dollar a drink at a, you know, this yep. club. Yep. Get outside after. Yep. Some guy grabs my friend and drives down the parking lot and a big fight ensues and I find myself in jail for the night. Um, and <laughs> my father's a lawyer at the time. So I get out and, and it's funny because they're taking my, my particulars and they're saying, you know, name, birthday, all this kind of stuff, occupation. And I said, I work with young offenders. <laughs> I said, and I remember them stopping. And um, so, I, but I, I was, I was in trouble. Like I, I, I made, you know, like you were in the fight because I was part of it, and yeah. uh, I was in it. And there was a whole bunch of us that got hauled off. And I was one of them. And and we're actually, you know, and it was a, it was a really good lesson because um, I phoned my father just to get some help because I got charged. And I said, Dad, I, I've been charged with assault, and I want to tell you what happened. And da da da. And he said, Dave. You can't do that. You can't go out and start punching, you know, and people and getting these big fights. Like you can, but there's the risk. Yeah. So he he was the kind of guy who just wouldn't. He would just, you know, he 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 understood the law. And he said, "Well, I'll I'll introduce you to a lawyer. You know, good luck. You know, well, I'm wow. here to support you. But you know, like that was, I mean, it was kind of a tough love. And that's how my parents approached life. So, so I, you know, meet a, meet a lawyer, and he he you know tries to get me through this case and or through this uh, charge and all this stuff and. And then, uh, um, and I had to go to set a court appearance. So this is when I'm in front of the judge, mm -hmm. Maple Ridge, British Columbia. And I sit down and the guy before me, or the, the judge calls up these people and just to set a court date and it doesn't make sense to have a lawyer there, I guess, at the point. I mean, I'm just, I'm not used to this system, mm. you know, being within it anyways. And the guy, and she, she calls the person who's sitting right beside me and he, he was up um, being charged for stealing boots from Canadian Tire. What a Canadian experience. <laughs> <laughs> totally. But I'll tell you what happened for me is I, I thought I looked and I, you know, and it, you know, who knows what his situation was, but I thought I am no different than anyone sitting here. And is this, what am I doing here? I got to make a change. I got to get like, this is crazy. How did it like, it, like how did I get here? Yeah. You know, and you know, it was a drawn out process. It didn't happen right away, which I think is, it was really helpful for me. So, um, Anyways, what, what ultimately happened is I got what's known as diversion. So I had to do community hours and I had to say, look, you know what? I was part of this. Um, I'm not going to try to beat it. I didn't have, I don't, I never, I never was uh, convicted, I guess, in, in technically, but that experience then took me to um, helping um, people with uh, like, you know, in single unit places in, um, yeah. uh, in Vancouver uh, get you know meals that couldn't get meals, and it exposed me to a whole community that I had been, not been exposed to. Right. I'll tell you, the system in that case worked really well because I came out the other end, and I and it really changed. Like I got to change a whole bunch of things, including I got I, you know what I've been kind of unsettled in Vancouver for too long. So that's the story, 
It was. Uh, Thanks for sharing, man. And you yeah, know what? You story. you dug deep in that courage, uh, you know, Can statement. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> like that's the uh, and there's. I'm, I'm so happy and uh, that you shared it. I didn't know that story, and it, I think it's an amazing story you shared it with people. Uh, it's, it's you know what and it, like you know it's something I would share with like you know when I just because you just never know when it's going to show up in your life yeah. because when you cross a border at any point they said it you know I, I crossed the border into the United States and um, <laughs> the border it was just after nine eleven going down to deliver a workshop in in uh, Boston mm-hmm. I was with a guy I wanted, you know wanted to do business with uh, this guy anyways this uh, guy I was kind of partnered with much older than me. They, the, the guy at, you give your passports, the guy at the border goes, uh, um, have you either been charged with, uh, um, you know, been charged at all? And, uh, and I already know the answer. Well, no. <laughs> so, so the guy <laughs> says, no, you know, no. And I said, no, cause that's true. I, or sorry. I thought he said convicted. Uh-huh. Right. But he said, let me ask you this question again. Oh no. Have either of you, been, and I'll tell you the blood just drained out of me. And I went, Oh, I mean, uh, yeah. And the guy going to do business looks at me. <laughs> but prior to that, he had said, when the, the question was asked, he goes, well, I got a parking, or so I got a speeding ticket a couple months ago. <laughs> that was the answer. Anyhow, so I, we get hauled in and I have to, but the point is, um, you, you're like, it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's kind of rolls with you where you go. You just never know when that question is going to come up. Yeah. So when it happened again, when I went down a couple months ago or last year with my kids and my, my wife, my kids already knew the answer when I gave the answer. And what a good lesson for them in a way to, yeah. to learn. Well, totally. About, it's like, yeah. it's like sure. you screw yeah. up. Everyone does. Yeah. And um, the tr- the, 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 but for me, the important thing for, my, for, me, for me personally is, you know, don't screw up again. Yeah. Like, you know, no. what I mean? like you got to, no. okay, you know what? I hope you learned your lesson. Yeah, but if you sure. do, if you do that again, you know, and again and again, well, you know, Dave, there's a pattern here, yeah. right? We have one more segment, guys, before rapid fire questions. This is called the breakdown. Okay, so it's every the coolest boiling point episode ever, by the way. <laughs> so every Wednesday, we send out a newsletter, the Unsettled newsletter. We do it on Substack, it's the best place for newsletters, and we break down a piece of this timeless wisdom, and we do it with the help of the guests from the previous week. Um. We'd like you to, when I tell you this piece of wisdom from this, this high-performing person, just quickly tell me how it lands with you, okay? You're on the spot, but just tell me how it lands with you. So Graham Yarrow is this really famous photographer, and he's been incredibly successful at selling what are probably called fine art pieces. He's this remarkable photographer. He started in banking and then became one of the world's best photographers. And he was on the Tim Ferriss podcast, and he said, if you protect the brand, then the position can reinforce itself. And that's the motto he's carried through his business. How does that land with you? I'm trying to understand what he's saying. Confusion. For me, me, I think I know what he's saying, which Mm -hmm. is protecting the brand, the position of where, how you're delivering the product or service, you can do whatever the heck you want with it as long as you've got a strong brand. Correct. Oh, Oh, nice. Yeah. So as long as the- bell. Does that land, does that ring as true with you? If, you, if the integrity yeah, of the brand it does. is strong in the eyes of the customer, does your, posi- does your position, whether it's inbound business or whether it's opportunity, does the position just continue to reinforce itself? Dave? 
Uh, man, I don't feel qualified to answer that. I mean, it makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, that's my honest answer. That's how it lands. It's like, well, I got to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, um, I, I appreciate brand. I, I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I would hope that that's correct, I guess, is maybe my answer. Yeah. I've, 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 I've felt it. I've experienced it. It's, yeah. it's totally true. It's kind of like what you said at the beginning is your, your role has changed, but because Hemings House is what it is as an entity, mm-hmm. it keeps on rolling. Right. It right. becomes bigger than you. At some Even point. though my name is in it, uh, it is now not, oh, there's Greg Hemmings' company anymore. It took years to get to that point. Right. Dave was working with me through it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and the company is just... Actually, it's a good point, you know, and that's a really, you're, you're a unique situation where you actually, your name is a part of it because I know I purposely didn't put my name, you know, because I just thought, well, how can it grow beyond me? But, you know, you've done it. You've actually done that. That's pretty mm, cool. Somehow. Yeah. Cool. Rapid fire segment, just rapid fire, quick answers from the both of you. (laughs) The first one, what's one book that changed your life? Uh, Seven Habits, Highly Effective People. I mentioned that earlier. Oh, you know the other one is? Please do. Uh, This this isn't a rapid answer. Obviously, I'm giving a long one. (laughs) But I I was walking through the airport in Hong Kong, and you know the notion where um, books pick you, you don't pick books? 100%. And at a really, you know, I'm going to keep on going into this unsettled kind of time of my life on my way to Thailand. And uh, the Dalai Lama was looking at me and it was the art of happiness. Mm. And I picked, I, and I wouldn't, I was not at a point in my life where I would typically do this because I didn't have a lot of cash in my jeans, but I bought it and I read it and I have subsequently given it a lot, away to a lot of people, mm. like not that particular copy, but other copies. Awesome. I've got so many, but I, I just dug really deep. Because I haven't thought about this book in years, mm-hmm. the Peaceful Warrior. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, I just like, and I, if I were read it today, I don't know if I'd enjoy it today. But when yeah. I read it, it seemed to be in line. Uh, and uh, I'm going to read that again. Yeah, I was going to typically say the On the Road, Jack Kerouac, which is my the ultimate, but that's everybody's ultimate. So the Peaceful Warrior, I think philosophically, it's up there with the Alchemist. You know what? I, I like look. What community are you in? What was the last book you said that everyone's read? Which one? I don't know. You just said it, but I'm like, I've never read it. <laughs> you go, oh, yeah. Oh, everyone's read it. On the road? No, no, no. no. On, on the, the road. road. Oh, on the road. Yeah. Jack Kerouac. Yeah. Not, not even. Why does that stay with you so Oh, man. Listen, if you're somebody with uh, itchy feet, you got to read On the Road. It's like the ultimate 1950s uh, uh, beatnik uh, beat culture. Uh, you just got to, it's an incredible story of adventure on the roads, jumping the rails. and. Oh, I got to do it. Yeah. yeah. Me too. I'm gonna... You haven't read On the Road? I love, I'm obsessed with Paul Theroux, who I think is the best travel writer of all. Time. Okay, well, man, listen, Jack Kerouac, everything by Kerouac. Uh, and by the way, we did a film about uh, On the Road. The actual, he actually typed it on a scroll, like the whole huh. book on a scroll. The paper uh-huh. never ended. And we did a film on CBC about it. I'll send it wow. to you if you want. Wow. Sorry, we're this not getting your short answers. This guy's prolific. What is one tool or product that you couldn't live without? It can be as obscure as a hat, it could be your iPhone. What's that one thing? That you just keep coming back to? Uh, my recumbent bike. Yeah. That's your piece? You just get the that's, sweat out? That's my zen, man. That's, yeah. my, that's my mental health strategy. When yep. I jump on that, I put a good podcast on, and uh, uh, I would be, and, and it's easy on my joints, and I would be seriously uh, in trouble if that thing disappeared. <laughs> and I have a backup in the garage just in case. That's how crazy I am on that thing. Greg? I, I'd say even though I don't hardly ever, ever play it, 
the guitar. I need a guitar yeah. wherever I am, one, even if I don't play it. And there's one in the corner it's, of this room. Yeah, there's, the one, there's a Martin uh, backpacker right here. And as long as there's a guitar kicking around that I can if I need it, if I, I, that's a good uh, de-stressor just to play a couple blues licks. And- Do you know what I'm thinking about? How, how fucking different you and I are. <laughs> I can't even hold a guitar the right way. But the analogy, the recumbent bike for Dave is the guitar for Greg. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No, no, but it's just, I just, I just thinking of the books and everything. I'm like, man, we're different people yeah, in some we, ways. But we like each other. <laughs> oh, we love each other. What is one strategy that you implement daily? Could be mindfulness, could be the bike. It's got to be a strategy, not a product. I practice uh, yestermail. Yestermail. Yeah, and that has literally changed the way I can relax during the day. Um, I don't check emails in the day anymore, and I will. I refuse to give up my evening, so I'll, I'll do it at five thirty in the morning. That's incredible. And I it was to, not. It's not because I should be exercising or meditating or doing something good, but for an hour and a half, five thirty in the morning, I get rid of all of today's stuff. So you, you, if you email me today, there's a good chance I won't respond because I haven't seen it yet. Lots of emails from Greg. So, if I, so if I emailed you today, you might answer tomorrow or would you even not answer but just put me away in a bucket? If, if you came up and I happened to have my phone up, definitely I'd answer you today. But I'm not stressed right now that my inbox is full. Yeah, I deal with that in the morning. And so, that's new? Um, <laughs> I, I know it's not a quick answer, but it's worth me uh, deviating yeah, yeah. really quick. Um, Dave well, has been my executive coach for many years. We haven't had sessions in a long time, but well, we do with this. This is our sessions. And for many years, um, one of the biggest problems I had that I told Dave constantly is I can't keep up with the communications. And I got EAs a bunch oh. of times and, and nothing ever worked. And then I talked to my friend, Elaine Shannon, who's a, a professional organizer. And uh, this is maybe three years ago. Um, and she was like, let me look inside your inbox because she just wanted to understand what I get, you know? So she, she gave me the courage to, delete all of the updates, all the promotions, like get rid of all that stuff, right? And for some strange reason, I ended up pressing all emails, like 40, 50,000 emails, and I deleted them. And then I pressed trash, empty the trash. And I'm talking, there's probably 3,000 unread emails. That, <laughs> that, is, that is unleashing courage right there. Oh, yeah. And it, and, but Elaine didn't ask me to do that. I did that by mistake, legit. Yeah. Gone. I think and, it, and subconsciously. Well, I was. I felt. I started laughing my ass off. And you can call Google, and they can retrieve it if you want. But I was like, I'm not going to the effort. If if that was that important that those people need to get a hold of me, I I'm gonna have to take the risk. Since that day, I've had zero based uh, inboxes. Wow. And let me guess, nothing happened. Oh no. Yeah. No. Nothing. <laughs> no big deal. That's the fundamental. Just delusion. delete it all and start over again. It's it's kind of neat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dave. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, it won't come as a surprise. It's, it's my mental health strategy daily. It's got to get my heart rate over 150 at least for sustained at least 20, 25 minutes every day. And then I just, everything's better. Any, any, do you go back down? So 150 for a sustained period of time. Yeah, So I slowly get up, ramp up to that. And I try to maintain that. And, and, you know, and maybe someone listens to, you know, it might be higher, but it wouldn't, you know, but it has to be enough where, I get enough sweat and uh, I didn't realize, so I grew up asthmatic and my parents, uh, and I, very, I was very fortunate, my parents put me in cross-country running, cross-country skiing in the Yukon, a program called TEST, Territorial Experimental Ski Training. Like they didn't mess around. You know, a lot of people went to the Olympics uh, for cross-country skiing, it's, you know, so all this, and I played hockey. And so I just, I just didn't know any different. I just thought that's how everyone was. 
And, uh, and then I just continued and continued. And so it's, to me, it's kind of like brushing my teeth, but I realized, uh, you know, probably about a decade ago. And I've, anyways, I've said it so many times, it's kind of getting boring is that, um, I, at one point I thought, you know, you know, this makes me look better, but actually it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. 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 And I think, uh, as a, it's interesting to have a thought and then capture, you know, capture your thinking after whatever it is, meditation or whatever people need to do after that, that sustained kind of that mental health, whatever that may be for them, a walk, whatever it is. Um, the, the clarity of thinking is just mm. drastically improved mm-hmm. and it's for that, for that reason. Yeah, totally. Last one. Who are you learning from and who do you follow on social media? This can be as big as you possibly want. Keep it evergreen. Cause a lot of our listeners aren't in the area. I hate to say it. I don't follow anybody on social media. <laughs> like, um, Why? Like I, for example, Seth Godin, I get my, uh, my daily uh, dose of his in my e- email inbox, yep. but there's nobody that I, I go back to on a regular basis to inspire me on social media. Um, it's just not part of my screen time process. And uh, that's awesome. Uh, I don't know if it's awesome, but like uh, lately I, I, I've been an admin, adamant, adamant, uh, anti-Twitter guy for many years. Yep. Um, since our current election in New Brunswick, I've found some interest in, in just seeing all the insanity that's happening. But yep. uh, yeah, it's, social media does not inspire me. I've had a real hard time finding inspiration. Uh, even though there's a lot of inspiring people putting great content out, it's just that's not my medium. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah. Oh, is, was, it, that your, was that your question? Yeah, no, that's perfect. We're, we'll put a link to Seth Godin's mailer because it's fantastic yeah and it's short yeah and that's not that's social great. media so he, yeah. yeah seth literally i read that every day and yeah yeah it's just little nuggets and yeah uh, yeah. yeah it's pretty good it, there's a lot of times where you can tell he's just getting reps in for himself because oh. writing really helps you think and then there are some days where it happens on something that just blows your hair back yeah exactly what's yeah. the saying about every day you got to deliver or ship 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 it yeah, yeah. he ships it every day yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm on it as well after after meeting him through greg on the podcast mm. yeah neat guy fascinating and if yeah. i can't read it i put it in my interesting stuff um folder which i should go back and look at i decide not to even have that folder anymore because oh, i know i'll never look at it Delete. You never go back you never go back never go back i just want it just in case, just okay, in what, case. What, what's your what, what's so what, your, what's the question again so who are you learning from or who do you follow on social media um I, yeah, I'm not a big social media guy, so that's yep. my, anyways, but, but um, I would say probably I enjoy um, Malcolm Gladwell's podcast yep. and Joe Rogan's podcast. Yeah, likewise. And both, um, I just find for very different reasons, just very, you know, yeah, totally. Gladwell's is a lot more produced and interesting and, you know, and, and I learn from it. And then I just love long form conversation and if, you know, if I have like an where if I'm doing cardio, it's kind of a nice time to listen and interesting guests. And I just, uh, in topics that can range. Like yeah. I love that. That's interesting because when you said social media, I immediately went to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, but podcasting is by definition an incredible social media, Absolutely. right? It is social media. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, and, and Seth falls into the podcasting world too, but, uh, yeah, yeah uh, that's a good question. No, those are good answers, guys. Even if, even if the answer is nobody, that's still a great answer. One of, the, one of the people that really inspired the work and the company is Naval Ravikant. And on Twitter, he's almost a, almost a million followers and follows zero, mm-hmm. which is yeah, kind of the dream. 
Who is that guy? Because he shows well, up and like, and I, I'm kind of like, well, like I would check it probably every couple of days just because then it would, you know, and then for, I don't know how this works, but it says, you know, things that I might be interested in. And yeah, I don't know how the algorithm. These, yeah. But, and but how that algorithm, like how these people show up. Cause like, I'm not like a massive it's because user, their right? devices yeah. are hearing you say certain things and then oh, it serves maybe. it. It's a fact. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Okay. That's scary. Anyway, guys, those answers, <laughs> I'm going to feature that on the newsletter Wednesday and Friday of next week or whenever this drops. I'm, I'm super excited to put out this collaboration episode and, I don't know if it was intended to be a collaboration episode or I would just get some time to flip I the script. I think it's a great end, idea. But, and so. like, if, if you, if you're good with it, like you can edit this segment if you want and mm. just have this segment, that's fine. But I think we should on the boiling point, I don't know. And so I'll just do like, let's re- do release it. them let's two do separate files, different times, yep. different hits, different communities, different audiences and, and, and uh, cross promote. Let's do it. Whatever you say, Greg. Yeah. Say uh, actually, actually it's, it's going to be Jean-Vierre that does it all. But anyway, <laughs> thank you, Jean-Vierre. We love you. Thanks, Matt. Uh, that was no, good. That was great. You're, you're uh, very, I want to acknowledge your, your, your thoughtfulness in those questions. Like we're, we have a very, we would have a very different approach to interviews. You're much more structured and I think there's value in both. And, yeah. and, and, I, and I'm listening to yours and it's very thoughtful and thought-provoking too. Do you well, actually, the first yeah. half of an episode sounds a lot like the boiling point. Oh, okay. It's not until the second half when we talk yeah. about that unsettling moment that we, we start to drive well, Gre- Greg and I sometimes, early days especially, um, and I mean, I don't think it would become, I think anyone listening to it would know that we, at times, I, I remember at one point I, I gave Greg the wrong guest uh, on the list and, and someone on purpose, on and yeah and purposely you know what i mean because uh and i happened to know who the guest was so i knew i could manage it okay but he was thinking it was you know mary and it was it was joe so <laughs> so matt you've been our priest for the last 28 years and um <laughs> there's greg drinking again <laughs> but it's interesting because when uh we had matt on the boiling point podcast earlier uh, that's exactly what you said you're like oh we're just getting going why 25 minutes mm-hmm. you guys should do long form and straight up, um, this is a business for you, Matt. Um, and today, to, for Dave and I, it's very much a passion. And yeah. uh, um, we just, the way our families are and our businesses are, we can't afford more than once a month to get together for a few hours. So we, we slam them out. Yeah. To be weekly, uh, we got to keep them at half an hour. And uh, you can go way deeper if you go, if you go further. Yeah, if we yeah. can, if, if, if Jean-Vierre is comfortable... Um, getting me the audio oh, we'll make just it at a good start point and a good end point, whatever you decide I can roll it on Monday. Perfect. Well, we'll, make well listen and are we, are we off now? We no, we're still on, okay. but why don't we say our goodbyes? Okay. <laughs> goodbye. Uh, goodbye. <laughs> it's the a word funny because it's a double podcast. <laughs> but, but for real guys, before word, you do your, the word goodbye, <laughs> before you do your extra, if you have one, we do. Greg has it. I, I do. Thank you very much for giving me the chance because not only, it's, there's a lot of what the whole year was that, I mean, it, that, there's a lot to unpack, but the fact that it crystallized into something that I hope benefits people who are in my position is, is something I'm proud of. Yeah, it should be. So it should be. So well, thanks, thanks for, Matt. And thanks for having us on uh, the uh, Unsettled podcast yes, uh, in indeed. the collaboration episode. And, uh, and thank it's you. not just Unsettled. Unsaddled with Matt George. Correct. You, you, you haven't picked up on that. I've heard that a couple oh, times. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. Good, good, good. Listen, thank you, Dave. Hey, thank you, Dave. And, um, and also, thank you for being on The Bowling Point. And thanks to yeah. our listeners to listening to both podcasts. Matt, how do people get in touch and subscribe to uh, your podcast? 
Yeah. So we really want to drive traffic towards the newsletter as well, because we get to hash out some of these things at length and you guys will be featured on the newsletter as well. That's the Unsettled Newsletter. Best way to start, um, either go to at It's Matt George on all social platforms and there'll be links out to everything. Um, or just find us online. Go to unsettledmedia.com. And for the bowling point, Greg Hemmings will do the... We've been doing extra, this week, weekly for the last, I don't know, 580 weeks. And uh, Dave still hasn't memorized what to say. This is all you have to say. <laughs> you say, you take this to me every time. Go, go, yeah. go to the bowlingpointpodcast.com. And on there, you can find all the links. Go to the bowlingpointpodcast.com. On there, you can go to all the links yeah. Yeah. and subscribe. And please, the biggest thing you can do is if you Greg's like this, Twitter page. is no, not Greg's oh. Twitter page, but go to, go to your iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and subscribe and rate and, uh, you know, share. This is how we get this, this social media out there is yeah. when the community shares. Uh, and we really appreciate that so much. So thank you. And thanks to all of our uh, friends and followers and supporters. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com. And on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit Hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.